Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Listener Case Files on Truth or Demons podcast. I have six more stories from you lovely listeners. Huge thank you to everyone who submitted stories that were read last time. They were so good. And thank you to everyone who submitted since. I've got a nice little nest egg of stories now, and I'm so excited to share. Let's dive right in, shall we? Disclaimer. The following stories contain subject matter that may contain demons, demonic possession, demonic presence, hauntings, and uncomfortable topics related. I am not a licensed psychiatrist or parapsychologist. The sources for the information I share will be cited in the show notes for your reference. The following stories are presented to me as true. They are personal stories from listeners and entrusted to me to retell. Story number one is from my little brother. After he listened to my last episode, he reminded me of a time he went ghost hunting with my mom, his girlfriend, and a couple other people. We used to do this all the time. We live in the south of the U.S., and there are so many places to hunt for ghosts. So here's my little brother's story. Thank you, David. We went ghost hunting one night near Chapel Hill, Tennessee. We were looking for something specific, but I don't remember what. My mom knows and remembers all that stuff. I was just along for the hell of it. At one point, we were in an old cemetery, and I was near my mom, and she said she heard something. Later, she told me it was a growl, but at the time, I didn't want to know, and before anyone knew what was going on, I was running for the car, leaving everyone behind, screaming and running too. I left everyone behind, including my mom and my girlfriend at the time. It was a big note for me, and I wasn't waiting around to see what came next. Luckily, nothing did, and we all managed to laugh about it quickly after. I've never been so scared in my life, and knowing it was a growl that my mom heard, I was right to run. Glad they followed my lead. But they made me go back to investigate. It was a relief nothing else happened that night. (laughs) Thanks, little brother. I've always giggled at that story and wished I'd been there that night to see the look on his face, if nothing else. I haven't thought about these adventures in a long time. Usually I was right there with them, but I think this happened when I was living in Vegas. Anyways, so being reminded of this, and how we spent a lot of time in Chapel Hill ghost hunting with our mom when we were teenagers, I decided to look it up and find some more information on the hauntings in Chapel Hill. Here's what I found. The cemetery in Chapel Hill was established along with the church built there in 1861. There are an estimated 1,000 graves dating as far back as the 1700s, and there's supposed to be a Native American burial ground nearby. Tennessee is full of so much history, and a lot of it is haunted. There's also loads of relocated Native American burial grounds. There's plaques all over Tennessee talking about them. I remember seeing many of them when I used to deliver for Amazon. Story number two. Story number two comes from Rebecca. We have audio on this one, guys. I love a good EVP. Which reminds me, if you have audio files, send them in. I will use them with your stories. That includes photos as well. Everybody loves a good paranormal visual. All right, let's hear Rebecca's story. My sister and I like to go on paranormal investigations in our free time. About a year and a half ago or so, we went to Bobby Mackey's in Kentucky. If you look into the history, it was an illegal casino at one time ran by the mob. In the days of illegal gambling, they would take cheaters down a set of stairs in the floor, down into the basement to, quote, take care of them. My sister and I were hanging out by that old trap door, in the basement by the well, and this happened. We did have a phasma box going, but I can promise you those sounds did not come from the speaker. They came from all around us. After you hear me say, your K2 is going off, you hear what sounds like Tommy gunshots from all around us. The recorder was sitting by the wall, and that's exactly where we left it when we ran out of there. Had to find someone to go back down and get the equipment with us, we were so scared. For sure, our scariest experience by far. Okay. Here's Rebecca's recording. Hello? 
two going off in your pocket. Oh, oh damn it! Oh, where's the fucking mic? Oh, I've got chills. I will link the YouTube video with this recording for anyone who wants to have a closer listen. And don't forget to check out our Instagram. Rebecca shared some photos of the area they were in. She doesn't think anything was captured in the photo, but wanted to give everyone an idea of the space they were in. Love a good visual. Thank you so much, Rebecca. So Bobby Mackey's is a place I've wanted to visit for a long time. Many people say you're pretty much guaranteed some sort of paranormal experience when you visit this insanely active haunted bar. Bobby Mackey's Music World opened in September 1978 and has had a plethora of sightings from many, many people, staff and patrons alike. One of the main legends surrounding the bar's hauntings is a pregnant woman who was said to, trigger warning, sorry, have committed suicide or been murdered in the bar. There's also loads of alleged mob-related incidents in the bar before it was the bar we know it to be today. Originally, it was a slaughterhouse. The funny thing about all that activity no credible historical evidence exists for any of the claims. So how is it so haunted? Check out the link in the show notes for more history and information on the infamous Bobby Mackey's Bar in Wilder, Kentucky. You can find more ghost stories from Bobby Mackey's on the following TV shows as well. Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures, Most Terrifying Places in America, My Ghost Story, and A Haunting. So I wonder if the lack of evidence to any of the haunting claims could be due to the level of criminal activity of the area in the time. Mob-related violence wouldn't have been documented, and if a young woman, pregnant out of wedlock, was murdered, or worse, took her own life, I doubt many people would be eager to record the details of that incident. Again, it's a case of we will just never know what truly happened. I don't believe, however, lack of factual historical evidence in this case negates the experiences that have been had there. Story number three comes from my good friend Courtney's son. He's 16. When we asked him if he had any scary or creepy stories, he told us this story. One night, after we got back from a trip to Florida, my friend and I were asleep upstairs in the media room. We woke up several times that night, feeling like someone was watching us, and the room got very cold. I told my mom the next day, and it reminded her of something. So when we were in Florida on vacation just a week earlier, the security camera in the house alerted my mom's phone and told her, Person detected. We have cats and thought maybe the cats triggered it, but it says motion detected when the cats set it off, and she said it's never told her person detected before. She said when she pulled up the video, there was nothing, no cat, no shadow, etc. So this story really creeped us all out. What a great story. We also know there is record of a death at their home before they purchased it, in the backyard. I won't go into detail to respect the family and everyone's privacy, but who knows? Maybe these things are related. Thanks so much for your story, Tristan. 
Stories number four and five comes from someone I went to high school with, and she'd like to remain anonymous further than that. She sent me several really good stories, as she spent a lot of time in a particular haunted house. We grew up in the town of Smyrna, Tennessee. It is home to the Sam Davis home, and the site of many battles from the Civil War, as well as different battles with the natives that inhabited this land first, and all the settlers of the area and their histories. So this area is quite active when it comes to ghostly encounters. I will share these stories she shared with me sporadically over the next few listener episodes. They're too good to leave any out, so let's get into it with her first couple stories. I grew up in a haunted house. You've even been there. She said this to me as she reminded me of our high school prom pictures. She continues, I was about primary age, and one morning there was a loud banging on the outside of the house. I was in a twilight daze when this happened, so I know I heard it. My stepsister was visiting at the time, and she also heard it. Her room was in the front of the house, like mine. We were both in a, like, daze, almost awake, almost asleep, and didn't really want to get up. But we heard this loud bang, 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 and it got faster and faster, and it went all the way down the front of the house, and it would stop when it came to the windows, or like a door. My parents didn't hear it, and we tried to explain to them what we heard. It was like a very heavy, heavy piece of, I don't know what you would want to call it, maybe metal? I don't know. We thought something was in the walls, but there wasn't anything in there. Another time, I was in the living room with my parents, and we were watching TV, and all the lights were off. We didn't have any cats at the time, and we were just sitting there watching TV. Then all of a sudden, we heard something from the kitchen. There used to be recycled plastics kept in a plastic bag in the kitchen. When we heard the noise, we went to check, and the bag with the plastic items had fallen over, or more like the contents of the bag was just flung all over the kitchen. We have no idea what happened. We weren't there in the kitchen to witness it, but it just looked like someone had just taken the bag and tossed it, and the plastic went all over the place. Thank you so much for your stories, my lovely friend. In future episodes, we will revisit this haunted house in Smyrna for some more spookiness. I also intend to start doing some investigations in local areas and can't wait to share those with you all on the show. And our sixth and final story comes from my cousin Vicky, and we have a picture to go with it. The story is the picture, in fact, and it goes like this. This picture is of my 16-year-old self on Phantom Canyon Road in Colorado. It was randomly snapped of me, and it caught something that wasn't there. I don't know who she is or what she wanted. I can usually feel, hear, or see them, but not that time. We were just on a family outing with my first boyfriend's family. We stopped at the big bridge. There are like five bridges or so, but this one is noticeably larger. I was standing on the edge of the canyon while Dad, as I still call him today, was trying to sneak a picture of me. I noticed that he was doing it, and I turned around to grab the camera, and this is the picture he captured. The next day, I hear my boyfriend at the time and Dad whispering in the kitchen, I, of course, had to go see what that was all about. He didn't want to tell me, but had his wife at the time email us the picture. So later, my mom and I did some extensive research on that old thoroughfare. It once was a railroad as well. There are many old stories of, mainly women who, quote, went crazy and drove off the edge of the canyon with their children in the car. If you look closer at the hand reaching across in the photo, you notice a ring on the finger. It appears to be a mother's ring and have birthstones in it. It appears emerald, my birthstone, and topaz, my brother's birthstone. Ooh, this photo creeps me out so much. Head over to the Instagram or Facebook page to check it out. Just search Truth or Demons Podcast, and I'll also post the links in the description. As far as Phantom Canyon goes, here's a little history. It's considered one of the most scenic drives in Colorado. Throughout the passes through the canyon was originally built in 1894 for the railroad. The railroad had many incidents over the years that could definitely yield to some haunting activity. And on top of that, 
when you drive Phantom Canyon Road, you'll pass not one, but at least three ghost towns, if not more. Once passenger travel began on this road, many sightings of apparitions were reported. The road is even said to get its name from the famous apparition of a man that was allegedly seen walking along the side of the road. He was claimed to have first been seen the day after his execution in a nearby prison. He's said to be wearing his prison jumpsuit when he's spotted, and he's still seen to this day. Vicky also mentions they were on the biggest bridge in the area. This bridge is Adelaide Bridge. Here's a little more info on its history. Built in 1894, originally built as a railway bridge, but now used as a road bridge that carries Phantom Canyon Road across 210 feet. It is a grand steel structure and is an official site of the National Register of Historic Places. It is the only bridge still standing from the Florence and Cripple Creek Railroad. I can find no hauntings documented online, but Vicki and her mom Joe did research at the local library and found documents discussing how women will go crazy and drive off the cliff with their children in the car. The ring on the hand in the photo that Vicki refers to in her story is a special ring for mothers that houses their children's birthstones. This could totally correlate to the local stories of mothers going mad. And Vicky's story and photo. So interesting. Thank you so much for that story, Vicky, and for the photo. Don't forget, I'll share the audio and photos to the stories on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you so much to everyone who shared their stories. If you would like to send in your own stories, photos, EVPs, or experiences, please send them to truthordemonspodcast at gmail.com. If you had fun and enjoyed the content, please rate and review. It really helps the show grow and head over to the social media and give it a follow. Please join me again next time, and I will share some more of your fun-filled, I mean, terrifying stories. Also, I mentioned before I've been speaking with a podcast or two about special bonus episodes. Those are definitely coming. And I wanted to give a big shout-out to another podcast I'm absolutely obsessed with, Station 59. The host is super good at her research and covering each story, and I love her commentary. I catch myself agreeing out loud constantly. (laughs) I've already binged all her episodes and cannot wait for more. I love her take on things and all her subject matter. So go check her out, Station 59, wherever you get your podcasts. If you like mine at all, you'll definitely love hers. Until next time.